0: These trades may seem crazy to the world, they don't often make sense. Because to the world's eyes, trading comfort, money, and time in order to serve those in Puerto Rico seems like a bad trade. To the world's eyes, trading in your vacation days, sleep, a little bit of your sanity, to be a leader at team camp seems like a bad trade. To the world's eyes, trading in your own priorities and preferences for the sake of others and the kingdom of God seems like a bad trade. To follow a rabbi who kept causing trouble seems like a bad trade. Betraying our nets to follow Jesus, that's the greatest trade we could ever make. Well, good morning, church. Today is a good day, isn't it? It's always an amazing day when we get to hear stories of people who have said yes to God, to uh, serve in different places, and most importantly, to see something so beautiful as a baptism. Well, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, I I haven't had the privilege of meeting you. I'm Pastor Derek. Um, I have the privilege of serving here as youth pastor. And this morning, I want to talk to you about being a traitor, not traitor, trader, as it's written there on the screen. Now, when I say trader, different things probably come to mind. You may think about like stock traders on the stock market or uh, ancient sailors who brought goods from exotic lands to trade, or you may be thinking about your old baseball card collection, right? And the trading with your friends. I remember that. That was fun. Well, as Christ followers, we're called to be traders. You saw in that video, uh, different women and men who would, were willing to trade different things to say yes to God in their life. You know what, as Christ followers, we have traded a life of sin and for a relationship with Jesus Christ and freedom from that bondage. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? But as Christ followers, our trading doesn't stop there. Sometimes we think it is. We're like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I took care of that. But it is an ongoing thing. That's why we are traders, as in it is ongoing. And as you saw in that video, many people have traded different things, willing to trade everything in order to follow Christ with their lives. And many of the things that they traded in and many of the things that we are sometimes called to trade are not necessarily bad things. Right, Uh, but they can become unhealthy and bad when we choose them over Jesus's calling in our lives. Our scripture reading for this morning comes from Matthew chapter four. It's gonna be on the screen in a second, um, but if you'd like to follow along, it's Matthew chapter four, starting with verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting net into the lake for they were fishermen. come. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee and his brother, John. They were in the boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Now I know for many of you, this is a passage that you were rather familiar with, right? These are the calling of uh, four of his disciples. And it's significant because try to put yourself though, in the context of these fishermen, this was your vocation. This was passed down to you from generations and you were by family and by identity, by job, you were a fisherman. You'd been studying and learning to be the best at your trade your entire life. Your family's financial security was dependent on this. More than that, a fisherman cannot be a fisherman without their nets. How they fished then, that was how they caught the fish. Your net was your lifeline. They would spend, when they weren't fishing, they would spend their days mending it protecting it. This was connected to so much of who they were, because if you don't have a net, you don't fish, you don't feed your family, right? And also their identity was tied to their nets. They, You cannot be a fisherman without a net. So they were tied into this. This net represented so much of who they were, who they thought they were. But they thought their purpose on this life was catch fish so that they can feed themselves and their families and those that they are responsible for. So their net was a big deal. You would never leave a net behind. You would protect it. Like I said, you would spend so so much time mending it and working on it. And then this rabbi comes by. Now, we may think it's kind of weird for them to immediately say yes, but... It is in many contexts, but at the same time, you gotta remember rabbis were very respected in society and to be chosen as one of the, of the rabbi's disciples was a very big deal. These fishermen were not the type that were usually chosen. Actually, you could tell because they were fishermen, they were not chosen. How they did the schooling back then is they had different stages of study and most people did not make it out of the first stage. The rabbi would say, go great, you're awesome but go home and learn the family trade. And the kids would be like, okay. But then for the special kids who really got it, they saw some of them, they would go in the next stage and then to the next stage. And then the final stage that was the hardest one, that was the biggest deal is when a a, a rabbi would say, "Hmm, I choose you, I choose you to be my disciple. Then this guy, Jesus comes and picks these guys who obviously didn't make the cut. Right, because they were learning the family trade. They were, they were out fishing and they had, they had understood that, okay, this is not what God wanted for me because I didn't make it very far in the schooling, but I'm going to pour everything I am into fishing because that's how I'm gonna feed my family. That's how I'm going to take care of myself. That's who I am. And Jesus says, nah, that's not who you are. I wanna tell you who you are. Come follow me. And immediately they dropped their nets. Their net represented their old life. Their net represented financial security. It represented comfort. It represented what they knew in their life. And when Jesus came into their life, as happens, and when you are aware of that and you say, wow, okay, that's gone. Jesus, I'm willing to, I want to follow you. And you see that they were willing to give up financial security at their regular job, time with their families, they give up what they knew as their home. And eventually, as we see later in the story, their own safety, they're willing to risk to follow Jesus. They were willing to trade in their nets because they trusted in Jesus more than their nets. You know, each of us have nets in our lives things that Jesus is calling us to trade in to follow him. And two good questions to ask ourselves is, what is the net in my life that is holding me back from fully following Jesus? And what do I trust more, the net or Jesus? Jesus is not calling us to an easy life or a comfortable one. I mean, look at the disciples. Their life wasn't easy, but he is calling us to a life of meaning, of purpose and significance as we join him in his redemption of the world. You just heard some amazing stories and saw some pictures and videos from those who traded in a week of their time, some finances, their comforts. You heard some of their struggles while they were there and they traded many other things they could have been doing in order to serve those in Puerto Rico, right? And you saw the life transformation that happened. And I know there are many stories that are still going on because if you've been on a missions trip, you know you're the one who's really comes back changed, right? It affects you. And there are many stories that God's still messing with people who were there and saying, hey, I got something for you. And that's the beautiful thing when we say yes to God in that. You just heard that. Now that trade doesn't make sense to the world, right? It doesn't, why would you do that instead of going to Puerto Rico for vacation and just enjoy your time there if you're gonna pay for it? But we know there's something more that happens when we say yes to God in our life. Uh, two weeks ago, I um, was serving at our district teen camp. I had the privilege of being there once again and leading in that. And I had the absolute honor and privilege to serve alongside some amazing adult leaders from across our district. And these adult leaders who used up a week of their vacation to spend five days losing sleep, hanging out with teenagers, maybe losing a little bit of their sanity. And also if you've ever smelled a middle school boy's uh, cabin that is not air conditioned in the middle of July, you should experience that one time. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to the world, right? To trade in that, but I always say, you're not giving anything up. You are investing. You're investing in the kingdom. And let me tell you, every single adult, as tired as we were on Friday afternoon, when we were wrapping up, did not regret it at all. As hard as it was sometimes, as sore as some of them were, as some of them at the end of the week, me included going, Oh, I'm getting older. It is amazing and worth it because saying yes to serving and following God. Cause let me tell you about that week a little bit. You know, um, some of you who grew up going to camp or different things, you know about the whole Thursday night cry night. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's always like the last night of camp is when everyone's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, he's like, that's when I start crying and getting emotional. And it's become kind of this weird thing. But let me tell you this, we didn't have that because Our teams across our district didn't waste time. It started on Monday night. Them saying yes to God. Them saying, God, what are the nets of my life? What do you need to take care of? What is this junk I've been carrying with me? It started on Monday night. By midweek, the speaker, our speaker was uh, the chaplain for the uh, Cleveland Browns. And, um, he came and shared the word. And by the way, side note, I'm a Bengals fan. One of my favorite uh, things I saw was in our morning staff meeting. One of our adult leaders wore a Bengals shirt and sat right next to him, um, which I had to take a picture. I'm like, yeah, that's bold. All right. (laughs) But anyways, our speaker, and this was a morning service. Okay. By midweek, Didn't even get a chance to preach the word before students were responding and going up front to pray. We didn't even get through the second worship song. Students were flocking to the front to say, God, I say yes to you, help me with what I'm going through. It was constant. We didn't even have actually full functioning, what you would call an altar up front and it didn't matter. They just, they just went forward. We didn't say, hey, the altar call, come on up. We never said that once. They just said yes and came forward and their friends came to pray. And you talked about in Puerto Rico, the amazing worship. Oh, it's amazing when you're in those contexts of just abandon, of their surrender to God in worship. We could learn from that a little bit, right? Because we like to get a little comfortable in our worship, don't we? We could learn from places like Puerto Rico and our teens at teen camp who just said, I mean, it got chaotic. I'm telling you, it was a holy chaos that was going on at camp. Lives changed. And not one adult leader, as sore as they were midweek, as smelly as the cabins got, as little sleep as we got, did we say, man, I wish I would have done something else. Because when you say yes to serving, yes to God and casting those nets away and trading in some things, it's amazing the, what you get to be a part of in your life. Because when you get to be part of God's movement in the world, man, ain't nothing better. So my question is, what do you need to trade in order to follow Jesus? You know, we're we're not just called to serve others in the name of Jesus on things like missions, trips, and camps, because sometimes we can think that like it's an event, it's something we go to, but this life is we're called to we're called to actively love others in the name of Jesus in the everyday grind of our lives at work, in our homes, at school, in our communities. You know, when Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they could not hold on to their nets and still follow Jesus. And that affected their everyday. They couldn't say, okay, yes, I'll go do this thing with you, but I also wanna hold on to this regular routine of my everyday. No, they had to choose nets or Jesus. I know that many of you in this room have been following Jesus for many years. And you can remember when you first cast your nets aside to follow Jesus. Maybe you're thinking of it right now, but don't think that you're done. You're not done casting trading in your nets, because there are many nets in our lives that we pick up along the way. We may have let go of the first one, but we find another one. I mean, look at the story of the disciples, how they picked up their nets again after Jesus died. Things got a little crazy, a little chaotic, and they said, okay, let's go back to fishing. We can sometimes be that way. We can return to our old nets or maybe pick up new ones, uh, nets of comfort, of assumptions, of nets of boxing God in on who he, we want him to be. We say, God, I want you to fit in within my agenda, within who I think you should be. Nets of judging others, nets of being okay with, hey, I just wanna do church, how I like to do it, what's comfortable with me, how I know it, how I prefer it, whether or not that's what God is calling us to do. Here's the thing about nets though why they're so important to let go. If we hold on to them too long, they become idols, right? And they could be not necessarily, they may, they may not be bad things, but when we take something that could be in of itself good, but hold on to it in a way that keeps us from being who God calls us to be and who, where God is calling us to go, they can become idols in our lives. You know, there's a story about Abraham you know, the father of the Israelite people. Uh, there's a story that the Jewish rabbis would often tell that's from the Midrash. And um, there's a story they would tell and teach from about Abraham's father, Terach, who was an idol manufacturer. And once uh, he had to travel, so he left his son, Abraham, to uh, manage the shop. And one day a woman came with a basket of bread. She said to Abraham, take this and offer it to the gods. Abraham got up, took a hammer in his hand and broke all the idols to pieces, except for the largest one. And then put the hammer in the hand of the biggest idol among them. When his father came back and saw the broken idols, he was appalled. He said, who did this? How can I hide anything from you? Replied Abraham calmly. A woman came with a basket of bread and told me to offer it to them. I brought it in front of them and each one said, I'm gonna eat first. Then the biggest one got up, took the hammer and broke all the other idols to pieces. His father replied, an idol does not have a mind and cannot do this thing. So Abraham replied, listen to what your own mouth is saying. They have no power at all. Then why do you worship them? They, and then many rabbis would go on to say that Abraham had to destroy these idols in his life before he was able to fully follow God. So what idol do you need to take a hammer to to fully follow Jesus with your life? Maybe it's your idols of the world's version of success, of busyness, of money, comfort, or the opinions of others. And as Aaron, the worship team comes back up, let me tell you, as I said before, we cannot hold on to our nets and still follow Jesus. Jesus fully with our lives. What are the nets in your life that you need to trade in to follow Jesus? You know, and you know, the, this tra- these trades may seem crazy to the world. They don't often make sense. Because to the world's eyes, trading comfort, money and time in order to go to serve those in Puerto Rico seems like a bad trade. To the world's eyes, trading in your vacation days, sleep, a little bit of your sanity to be a leader at team camp seems like a bad trade. To the world's eyes, trading in your own priorities and preferences for the sake of others and the kingdom of God seems like a bad trade. To the world's eyes, trading a Sunday morning of sleeping in or going fishing to go worship at church sounds like a bad trade. To the world's eyes, giving up a career as a fisherman to follow a rabbi who kept causing trouble seems like a bad trade. Betraying our nets to follow Jesus, that's the greatest trade we could ever make. So what are the nets in your life that Jesus is calling you to cast away, to fully follow him? Would you stand with me as we pray? Dear Lord, thank you so much for those who have traded in their nets and have impacted our lives because of that. Thank you for those who serve in many different ways Thank you for those who've gone before us, who've taught us what it means to surrender all, to follow you. Lord, may we be honest about the nets in our lives. May we be real with you and real with ourselves of the things that we need to let go of in order to hold on fully to you. Be with us in these moments, Lord, we pray. It's in your holy and divine name we pray, amen.